0: I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want to learn more from me, please check out my website, MikeReinald.com. In addition to all my great articles, videos, and podcast episodes, I have a ton of online CEU courses, as well as my Inner Circle online mentorship and community. Be sure to subscribe to my free newsletter, where I'm always sending you great info and exclusive perks and discounts. Just head to MikeReinald.com to get started. Thanks so much. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reinold Show, we talk about some of the common mobility limitations for the deadlift. We talk about what may happen when your knee pops after an ACL reconstruction, and we talk about the effects of static stretching on power development. The Ask Mike Reinold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up in Boston. We are at Champion PT and Performance. You know the crew by now. Well, no, we just keep doing these episodes over and over again. (laughs) Mike Scaduto, Lenny Macrina. Whoa, we're going way out of order. Dan Pope. Dave Tilly, everybody has their own websites. Check them out. They're pretty cool. But uh, but no, keep asking some questions. You guys are doing a great job. We're getting, you know, the, uh, the questions are getting better, actually. I actually enjoyed this uh, this batch, kind of going through the latest batch and see uh, some of the good ones out there. We're starting to, wait, wait, I was just going to say that we're getting like a bigger, uh, you know, diverse group of questions and stuff, which probably means our readership or lis- listenership.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Listener- audience.
0: L- listenership. Yeah, this. They, uh, our audience, our our uh, our our subscribers are probably getting more diverse too. So keep asking away. Anything you guys want to talk about PT, fitness, sports, performance, business, uh, specific oh, yeah. sport things, anything you guys want to talk about. So awesome. We have uh, two very whimsical uh, physical therapy students here today. Dashing. They are da- yeah dashing physical therapy schools. We have Johnny LaRouffe is on fire from Clarkson University, otherwise known as Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Brooks Calvin Klein because we can't figure out a better nickname. Otherwise known as Woody. Right. So what's the theme <laughs> on that, Dave? Again, just Toy really, Story. So remind everyone. Uh, toy here's a story. story. Quick story. There's a story. I couldn't
2: figure out his name. I committed to Brooksby Village. Horrific. Right. Yeah. One no, day to treatment. Nobody <laughs>
0: outside of
1: your town. Yeah. <laughs> he
2: refuses to admit this, but I asked him to get like ice or something, and he literally I looked me really like this. He's like. All right. And I was like, oh, my God, he looks like Woody. Like he yes. looks exactly like Woody. The patient I was with was like, yeah, he definitely. I was like, all right, your name's Woody. <laughs> Woody. And then we got Buzz to go along with him. Boom. Buzz. From Star Command. Nice. From Who's first? are your Buzz? Who wants to?
1: I'll take the first one.
2: All right, Buzz it up, Buzz. <laughs> all right, Bobby from Washington, D.C. What are the most common mobility limitations you see that cause people to compensate during a deadlift?
0: What are the most common limitations to compensate during a deadlift? David, would you, why don't you start this one? What do you think, Grandma? Doctor Tilly. In trouble, David. <laughs> David. Uh, what do we got, Doctor Tilly? So I think
2: that not as commonly assessed for, but just pure posterior hip hinging—the like ability to just, you know, hinge your hips back far. Whether that's what is that? That's what uh, still, yeah, capsular maybe. You know, it's a tougher cell, but capsular post tissue, like soft uh, tissue of the hip of the hip. Yeah, so hip soft tissue, hip posterior capsule. Um, I think part of it comes down to, you know, just spinal alignment, the ability to maintain neutral spine with core control as you drift your hips back. I think that most people jump to posterior chain hamstrings and like, you know, more neural-type stiffness, but I think that people just don't hinge a lot in their daily life well, so that probably is something they lose. And then a conventional, you know, narrow stance deadlift is pretty demanding mobility-wise.
0: you're gonna do that so i guess dan the human deadlifter can do more on this topic but nice all right so so good ones though so maybe some posterior hip tightness yeah i think hamstring tightness is real
3: i think there could be like other things but hamstring tightness what else dan man i'd say are the big bang for buck ones um i do see a lot of people and it's not just a deadlift but if you're trying to do increased range of motion stuff like a snatch uh, the bar path is really important and be able to push the knees back so the bar can go kind of through the knees, right? It uh, requires a ton of mobility um, in order to keep a neutral spine. Uh, I think also for Olympic weightlifting, a lot of times we're really trying our best to stay upright with our chest, which is going to increase the range of motion demands where when you're deadlifting as a powerlifter, you can kind of get your chest coming down a bit, which gives you a little more range of motion. So especially for something like a snatch, it's going to be really important. Um, but I would say the most common one is probably going to be hamstrings, neural tension, maybe some of the posterior hip too. Um, and the people that are really bad at things like toe touch might have trouble with bar path or in snatch. So what I'll do is uh, if I see someone is having a really tough time, I'll do something like a toe touch assessment or a straight leg raise. And then a lot of time to do it is kind of the, the tension on the back. So... Yeah, so, I think the difference
2: is what are you pointing out? Like, I think like upper back mobility is huge for like a conventional deadlift versus like a, an Olympic lifting deadlift. When you watch Olympic lifting clean deadlifts or clean pulls, it's much more vertical, and like that's very hard
0: for some people to like get the bar in front of them. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, that's probably an uh, overlooked one. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So with <clears throat> that makes sense, Ooh. and I think you know the question was about mobility, right? But what what if you just what if like you're in a huge anterior pelvic tilt? What does that do? I mean, is that a mobility thing? Is that an alignment thing? Like. Because that's gonna, you know, you know, put your hamstrings maybe in a, a longer position, pre-tension. Positions. Yeah. Pre-tension. It's gonna be super hard to 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 shift. So, I mean, I don't know. Any any want to touch on that at all or?
3: Well, I think it's a little bit of a pendulum swings kind of thing. I think you see this sometimes when people are teaching the squat. We teach like sit back. That sit back cue happens so much that people end up like bringing their toes up off the floor, and it goes a little too far. I think the same thing happens when people are trying to find tension in Olympic weightlifting. They say, feel your hamstrings, feel your hamstrings, feel your hamstrings. So what people end up doing is doing a lot of anterior pelvic tilt to get a stretch in the hamstrings, so they're sitting on those hips way far back in mm-hmm. something like a, a clean or a deadlift when they're trying to find the right position. And because of that, they're probably getting a little overextension in that position. could completely just hip problems, so spine
0: problems. could be mobility, but maybe you're also pre-tensioning and too much anterior tilt, and you're putting yourself at a disadvantage mobility-wise. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Awesome. Woody. W- wooded, wooded up, Woody? No, it doesn't work as good as Buzz.
1: Alan from Venice, Florida. My daughter is a high-level soccer player 10 months out from left ACL revision. We are being very conservative and waiting at least 12 months prior to return to sport. Yesterday, she was jogging to the ball, preparing to strike it with her left leg, in-step strike, and during the backswing, felt a pop in the swinging knee. The next morning, it was swollen, stiff, and painful. Do you have any thoughts on what she could have done? Well,
0: I think first lesson to be learned here is always tell us which knee the surgery was. Yeah, I say. Um beforehand, because I don't know if we can tell, but it sounds like the swing leg is her revision leg. <coughs> the swing leg in a leg. kick,
1: yeah, preparing to strike yeah. it with her left leg. It's the left ACL. Up, it is left ACL. That had the revision. Oh, so yeah, he said that. Yeah. yeah, I missed
0: that. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so all right, so so left leg was swinging. Well, anyway, it's a revision which tells you a lot right there. This is not her first ACL on this side. Something didn't go well. So this is a revision, that's one. But all right, even with a benign thing like that, it popped, the next day it's painful, swollen, sore. LennyMcCranida.com, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> Brown hangs. Yeah, I mean, um, pop, swollen, right swollen. There.
1: I there. Mean, typically if it's a delayed swelling, like it swole, got swollen the next day, then you, maybe it's not as bad as you think. Maybe it's not the dreaded ACL. It was a planted in trying to swing with the opposite leg, so You always have to rule in or rule out the ACL. But then you start thinking meniscus, maybe a patella uh, instability or a patella dislocation or subluxation. Um, that would be my big three would be patella meniscus and ACL mm-hmm. knowing she has a history of ACL on the other side you know there's a higher chance it's probably going to I think it's the same side swing right leg.
0: On, on that. it's the same leg
1: right for, for left, super Lushy Lushy left, right, swung left okay left ACL left revision ACL. Uh, preparing to strike the ball with her left leg and it's the swing leg and then pop. I felt so a pop the pop in the swinging knee
0: no. so, okay so yeah, okay yeah, so okay it's it's the sw- it's the sw- wait show me again I'm confused
1: Okay, so talking, okay.
0: It does not self-strike. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Uh, all
1: right, right. So without knowing all of her details, I, I think my answer doesn't change. Right. So, I don't know if I'm going to rule in as much patella subluxation, but I definitely would would think about meniscus, ACL. If she had a hamstring graft for the revision and or the primary, maybe it was like a little scarring because you do lay down scar tissue in that area with some say your, your semi-T will grow back, or your gracilis will grow back, some tendon, so maybe it was that. Uh, but with the swelling, that's a little bit more concerning to me. So I would definitely want to rule out meniscus or ACL.
0: Yeah, I, I would just, I would say that. I, I would say that the mechanism is surely optimistic, right? It doesn't seem like that. Like, kind of. I think what you're alluding to in the question, not that big of a deal. It's the kick leg that seems weird that right. it happened. But the pop and swelling is concerning enough. I think your next move is to go back to the surgeon. I think that's yeah. pretty obvious there. Pop and swelling's typically not good, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But maybe it's not the worst. But you know, like Len said, probably you know, meniscus ACL tear again. Um, and look, it didn't have to tear on that mechanism right there. Right. It could have just been like the final straw. But ACL meniscus, maybe a patellar <laughs> subluxation, something like that. But the the pain and swelling's that's the unusual part. That's yeah. the curveball. So I would definitely look into yeah. that. So um, awesome. What else we got? One more. Yep.
2: This question is from Jack Reynolds. I looked at research stating that doing stretching or some type of foam roll before an explosive activity reduces power and elasticity, therefore you should avoid. What do you recommend for those that need range of motion, though, before these
0: activities? I like that. That's actually a good question. So there's some research that, says, that shows static stretching, we'll say decreases your power output afterwards. So if you stretched your hamstrings and then immediately went for like a jump, your vertical would be less, right? Something like that. I think that's been shown in multiple planes, emotions in sports, uh, But the, I, which is interesting. But I like the question though, but what do you do if somebody's limited and you want them to work on their mobility? Who wants to start?
3: I guess, I guess I'll say something. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I like I like this stuff. Um, well, what I will say is that it sounded like it was foam rolling also decreases your yeah. ability to produce force. I haven't read that, so maybe there's a research that you guys have, but I think overwhelmingly we've shown that foam rolling beforehand does not affect your power or your strength. Um, and I think this is something I've heard a little bit more from kind of like the mobility wad type stuff. I know Kelly likes to do... Um, rolling afterwards because he feels like it might shut down some of the, the tissue, you know. But all the studies I've read, that doesn't happen. Uh, overwhelmingly, foam rolling beforehand is not um, is not going to affect your strength and it's going to improve your range of motion. So I think that's probably worthwhile. Uh, if you have an individual that's chronically stiff, though, they, they, maybe they need to do some more stretching and that type of thing. I would say afterwards is probably the best. The other piece is that um, what is that athlete trying to uh, accomplish? Are they trying to get better at their sport? If so, I'd say then maybe you need to prioritize some of that stretching before you do some of the strength training because maybe that mobility limitation is the biggest problem. Plus, you're still going to gain um, performance ability by training strength, even though you might be, I don't know, 2 to 5% different strength-wise during your lifts. I feel like it, it's probably not going to have too big an effect in the long run. Uh, but if it's right before like a powerlifting competition, I wouldn't you know stretch the hamstrings and immediately jump on the bar. That's probably not going to work well. Right, that makes sense. I feel I, I, or, like
0: original research on this topic showed that force output was decreased after after static stuff. I kind of it seems familiar to me that there was a study that showed that on self myofascial release too, but I forget. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to say I don't I don't know the definitive answer. But I think there's been other studies that completely refute this concept. Yeah. And I think there's two main things you got to think about with the research. One is not everybody's the same. If a really loose person does stratic, static stretching ahead of time, they're probably going to have a decrease in, in power output that's different than somebody that's really tight. Maybe somebody does need it. So I don't think we can extrapolate that, that info to everybody. I think that would be my first thing. There may be some people where it's not as big of a deal. I do feel like our loose people that overstretch do get less power. Powerful, right, but the other thing that research is starting to show now is that if you do static stretching and then dynamic movement stuff and then measure your power, it's not down. Mm. So, one of two things happened either the static was mitigated by the dynamic and stuff like that, or simply time right so maybe your power output is decreased with static stretching for x seconds or minutes but that's certainly not going to stick like that for hours that seems a little excessive to me so by the time you do some dynamic movement and start moving around your power is probably back right so i think that's something to think about some of the research was stretch jump right and you're like yeah Yeah. it's just it's and it's just it's it's different there so something to think about so awesome well another good round of questions that's three right Perfect. Good round of questions. Appreciate it, guys. Go to MikeRantle.com, click on that podcast link, and you can fill out the form to ask us any crazy questions like this. Anything you guys want to talk about would be awesome. But ask us some questions. Go to iTunes and Spotify, rate, review, subscribe, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRantle.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question.